Hello everyone and welcome to another Late Show. I'm Nelson Late with you here today after a one-week hiatus and it's Thanksgiving week. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's program is going to be by yours truly, all by myself. And um, I have a great program for you uh, that has a lot to do with good information that you can use in the holidays, especially uh, in a time of year, the busy time of year when uh, people do a lot of traveling. And uh, I got some automotive hints uh, to talk to you about today. Just a little background on myself and my automotive, I wouldn't call it expertise, but my automotive knowledge. Um, I did uh, many, many moons ago take an automotive technician's degree. Um, I got some good skills. I learned a lot uh, back then. And of course, uh, you never stop learning, right? You just keep on learning as you go along with the years. And uh, not just from research, but also talking to a lot of people who've been mechanics for a long time and know a little bit about the stuff. Uh, I figured that today my program would be about information that has to do with cars, um, all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. So I, my advice to you, uh, if you want to grab a piece of paper and a pen, I'm going to be giving you some valuable information that will save you possibly a few bucks at the pump and more importantly, maybe even major dollars in the long run. Uh, you know, by saving your car or your engine or a combination of everything. So I'm going to give you a lot of information. Um, you could verify all this. This has all been scientifically proven. There's a lot of rumors when it comes to a lot of things um, like gas, for example. There's a lot of uh, misconceptions about gasoline, and we're going to go over all of that today, straighten everything out, and um, and hopefully you could pick up some information. Uh, I wanted to tell you about some things that are happening in the Palmer world. First and foremost, uh, we have a, a contest going on to help all our listeners with, um, you know, the holiday shopping. You know, times are a little tough for some people and everybody's feeling the pinch, you know, with the cost of living. Uh, we get it. Inflation is hurting everyone. So we figured we would help out our followers and our listeners by offering a promotion uh, we have that on facebook right now you can look at our facebook page at palma media on facebook and uh, of course uh, we are going to be uh, having this promotion that uh, basically uh, there is a post on there um, all you have to do is to, to participate is if you don't already like and follow us on facebook and then share that post on your personal page so that your friends could also follow us and like our page and uh, we'll gather everybody's names and we'll have a random drawing on December 10th and uh, one lucky winner is going to win a $100 gift certificate from Amazon which of course a lot of people shop on Amazon and why not? Amazon's got a bunch of stuff. Uh, they're not the sponsors of the program, but uh, or, or sponsors of Palm at all, but uh, we decided to go that route because it's it, almost everyone in the country uses Amazon, so it's something that could help everybody when the holiday shopping. And 100 bucks does help out a little bit. So again, go to our f uh, Facebook Palma page, uh, find our post there about our promotion, and uh, share and like our page and share on 
um, should I say, I should share and follow our page and share the post on your personal page and your Facebook, okay? A couple more things. Uh, we're also excited that um, December 1st, we are officially launching Pama Talk. And in case you didn't know, Pama Talk is going to be our newest radio station, our fourth radio station, and uh, my program and all the other uh, podcasts and shows that we have are going to be strictly on there at the transition period will be about a month, so all this stuff will still air on Palma One, but eventually it'll all phase into uh, Palma Talk, and Palma Talk is going to be basically 24/7, all our shows pretty much on the loop, repeating around. We haven't really finalized the schedule yet, but once we do on our Palma website, palmamedia.com, um, or even our, our app, you'll be able to see the link there for the scheduling and. Um, Several programs, you know, all our programs uh, that air currently on Palma One and many more that we plan on adding in the near future will all be on Palma Talk. And then Palma One will go back to its original setting of more modern music and then Palma Classic with more traditional music. Now, also a reminder that uh, Palma Classic, starting uh, this Thanksgiving Day, uh, this upcoming Thursday, uh, we are going to have uh, our holiday music tradition, uh, something we've been doing some since the beginning of Radio Comunidad USA back in New Jersey, where we have uh, Portuguese Christmas music, Portuguese holidays music, uh, Portuguese-Brazilian combination, Portuguese language. And, uh, and a few years ago, we also added some American. So uh, we're, we're very proud of the unique combination where you have some Portuguese music, Portuguese language, and then some traditional American holiday music. So that's all starting this Thanksgiving, this Thursday, and they'll run through Christmas Day. A lot of exciting things happen in the world of Palma, and uh, we're glad that you're a part of our family. We're glad that you're either a listener, a follower, or both. Um, and we are always uh, always have our doors open to the community if you want to promote an event if you want to spread the word or if you want to just get the word out for for the community about whether it's a social club or or, or sports club whatever the, the case may be sometimes you just have an announcement to make for the community in general reach out to us uh, you can send us an email at portuguesemedia at gmail.com portuguesemedia at gmail.com you could also send us a message through facebook messenger um, through our Facebook page, or if you go to our website at palmamedia.com, you'll see a messenger link on there that you could, from there, give us uh, your send us your message, also through messenger. All right. So with all the announcement, all the housekeeping in order, let's get started, shall we? And today we're going to start with one of the one of the biggest. Uh, <laughs> discussion uh, makers that, that I know as far as the automotive world and that comes to it, it comes to gasoline uh, gasoline is of course you know you know it's it's a new world there's a lot of EV cars uh, there's of course diesel powered cars uh, there's ethanol powered cars there's even hydrogen powered cars but of course chances are you have a gasoline vehicle now a lot of people think that they might be doing something good for the car and they may not actually be doing something good for the car. They may actually be just wasting their money and that's when it comes to octane. So let's start on that. So octane, when you 
go to the fuel pump, of course, you may see, especially in America, you may see 87, 89, and 91, or 87, 89, or 93, but it has those numbers, so you have regular, mid-grade, and then premium, or as it's called in other brands, super gas. So premium and super are basically the same thing. So there's a lot of mix, uh, misconceptions about what an octane rating is. I, I mean, especially in the Portuguese community, I know a lot of family and friends that I've known over the years, even when I was a kid, and I always heard, epa, point premium, put, put premium on that's a coisa, it's a melhor qualidade, it's better quality. Absolutely not. That is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest myths uh, that people believe that you, if you pay for higher octane gas, you get better gas. That is as far from the truth as it could possibly be. So to explain what octane uh, rating is, basically octane rating is how much pressure can the gasoline withstand before it ignites itself. Now, this is very technical, um, but let's just say the higher the octane, the stronger the gasoline holds the pressure on compression on the engine before it causes the explosion, which in turn will cause the power, right? So higher octane engines are designed to withhold higher compression because of the higher octane, so you could get more power. So high performance engines are usually a high octane. Uh, luxury vehicles, because they also have high performance engines, um, they require high octane. Many sports cars, higher octane. But let's say you have, I don't know, a Ford Taurus or or a Chevy Malibu. Um, if, if your vehicle has just a regular engine, not a high performance engine, chances are it runs on regular fuel. Uh, also, some engines that are turbocharged may require premium gas. And the easiest way to know this is either check your owner's manual or when you open your gas uh, lid, so you have to open the, la the gas lid and you usually have your gas cap there, right? Most of the time, either on the gas lid or on the gas cap, it will give you different instructions on which fuel to use. For instance, you will see some uh, a cap that will say unleaded or regular fuel. So if it says unleaded, unleaded or regular, that's exactly what it means. It's unleaded fuel, it's just regular fuel. Um, you may see something that says premium suggested. Okay, what does premium suggested mean? That means that that car, the engine is designed to either withstand premium fuel for higher performance or regular fuel or mid-grade fuel if you want to save gas, but you won't get as much power. Now, this does not harm the engine whatsoever because that engine is basically designed and the computer identifies it and it makes the adjustments. So you have premium suggested, and then you might have premium required, which pretty much tells you all you need to know. Premium required. You should absolutely put premium on an engine that says premium required. Why? Because it, it's designed to high compression and you need to have the higher octane. If you do not put premium in a premium required engine, chances are you're going to notice pinging. That's when you accelerate and you hear like a clack, 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 clack coming out of the engine. That's called pinging. That is not good for your engine and with long run, it could cause internal engine damage. Okay, so to recap, if your car runs on regular or says unleaded, just put regular gas in it. 
premium suggested if you want more power you put premium if you don't want more power and you want more fuel savings you put regular but if it says premium required you should absolutely put premium okay so this is basically the basic stuff okay a lot of people believe that premium gasoline is better gasoline than lower grade gasoline no gasoline is gasoline the difference is the octane level so premium gas, if you put premium gas on a car that takes regular, you're basically throwing your money out. The car is going to treat it as regular, and it's not going to benefit at all. That's why if you remember the commercials, they say a lot on the gas, if your car benefits from premium gas. And they're pretty much telling you, if your car benefits from it. If it does not, you're basically paying extra at the pump and get absolutely nothing from it. Another myth that people believe is brand on gasoline. Now, this is a a very big one um for instance in california our most expensive brand would be chevron right uh, and i know people that specifically absolutely will not put anything other than their cars other than chevron because all oh, chevron's got the best additives the best this the best that well yes and no yes they do have better additives but it doesn't necessarily justify the difference in price so what most mechanics recommend which is what i do you could put high tier gas as an arco or a shell or any other brand you could put that in your car and we they all have you know top tier gas all has additives okay but just to be on the safe side you should add a, a bottle of fuel injected cleaner with every oil change um i prefer lucas but again none of these are paid advertisers i'm just giving you my personal preference uh, lucas makes uh, they sell a fuel injected cleaner bottle very tiny bottle it's a clear bottle that says uh, tune up in a bottle so that's what they claim to be of course it's not a tune up in a bottle but if you, every oil change you add one of those to your tank the best way to do is, is run your tank as low as possible without getting too low throw one of those in there as you fill up before you fill up you throw one of those inside and then you pump the gas so it mixes it real well and then you want to deplete that as much of that gas tank as possible right we don't you don't want it to run low but at least less than a quarter tank before you refill it again and they'll completely do its job to clean your fuel injectors and your valves and all that good stuff okay so again do not put premium gas if your car does not need it, but everyone should absolutely add fuel injector cleaner, at least with every oil change of your car. And speaking of oil change, um, oh, one more thing about octane. Some states with higher elevation have a lower octane than 87. Now, as far as I know, most manufacturers of vehicles in the United States and even imported vehicles recommend a minimum of 87, a minimum of 87 octane. In certain states, you will see 86. Now, it might not seem like a huge difference, but if you have a choice between 86 and 88, and there's no 87, you want to go to 88, not 86. It's always better to go a little higher than go lower, because higher will harm it, lower may. So that's a very important thing. It's it's a rare thing, but some states do have 86. And I've even heard that some places have 85 octane. No, no, no do not go less than 87 on a regular car okay going to the oil change thing now and not a lot of myths when it comes to oil change so we have a lot of different oils uh, that you could use on your engine uh, the conventional oil which is the regular oil 
that's been used for a long time. Um, that's just your typical, you know, regular oil that you put in your car, which has a lifespan of about 3,000 miles. And all of this depends on just how much of uh, stress you put in on that on that engine. So if you're mostly highway driving, 3,000 miles, no problem. If you're doing a lot of city driving or off-roading or anything that puts a lot more strain on that engine, you know, all of that tears out the oil. The, it wears out the oil a lot quicker, right? So regular oil, 3,000 miles. Uh, synthetic blend, which is basically a combination of 50-50 or whatnot of regular oil with synthetic. You could probably go about 5,000 miles with that. And then synthetic, fully synthetic, you could go anywhere, depending on the brand, anywhere from 7,500 to 10,000 miles between oil changes, okay? There's even some amazing synthetics uh, that could go as far as 15,000 miles between oil changes. A lot of those are used on BMWs and, and whatnot, and, and they're very high-end premium synthetic motor oils. Now, why is that different? Obviously, a regular oil is not going to last you as long as it's synthetic, even though the oil change itself might be, okay, let's say, just as an example, a regular oil change might be $40. A synthetic motor oil might be $60, and a full, uh, I'm sorry, a synthetic blend might be 60 so 40 for regular, 60 for blend, and then 80 for full synthetic. If you're going to get 10,000 miles out of full synthetic while you only get 3,000 miles out of a regular oil, and you're only basically paying double, you're actually going to save money in the long run because obviously you could go further with the same with the same oil, between oil changes, you could go further with a synthetic, right? So I personally like synthetic oil because it's just better quality, it's, it's better for the engine, it protects it better, and of course you could go longer between oil changes, which in turn saves me money. So that's my recommendation i think most mechanics would agree if you don't want to spend a lot of money on full synthetic do a synthetic blend and you kind of go in between the two but regular oil i mean it does the job but it's very limited on the miles that you could put on it so you always be changing oil because 3,000 miles is really not a lot of thing and especially in california where most people like myself you drive a lot because it's such long distances so 3,000 miles kind of goes pretty darn quick right very good. Moving on. Oh, another thing about the oil. And I always say move on and I end up going back. Um, numbers on the oil, uh, that's the viscosity of the oil. So if you haven't noticed, oil has two numbers and a letter. So you have a 10W40, 10W30. So basically there's two numbers. The W stands for winter. So when you have a 10W, that means that oil's viscosity in the cold is a 10 and then the second number will be the same oil's viscosity in the hot. So 10W40 means 10 in the cold, 40 in the hot. 10W30 will be 10 in the cold, 30 in the hot. So the higher the number, the thicker the oil is. Now, this is important because sometimes people may have an older engine. They may leak a little bit of oil or burn, not leak, but burn a little oil. And they may want to go a little higher um, thicker oil so you want to go a little higher on the number so that it doesn't burn as much you could try that just make sure that you don't go crazy if the car recommends a certain number you don't want to go too far beyond that because then it affects the lubrication that the engine is designed to do all right 
Uh, moving on to tire rotations. Wow, what, a lot of information, and I hope you're all able to capture some of this and take some notes because <laughs> there's a lot happening right now, right? Tire rotations are important because it basically balances out the wear and tear on the tires. Uh, tire rotations could be anywhere between 6,000 to 8,000 miles. So as a good rule of thumb, especially if you're using like the synthetic oil change where you go 7,500 or so between oil changes, just rotate your tires with every oil change, right? If you only change in your oil every 3,000 miles on regular, then you go every other oil change and you rotate your tires. It's important because you you get to wear the tires evenly. And if there is a problem with alignment, you'll notice that, let's say, your front right tire is wearing out on the inside while the other ones are not. As you rotate, they'll all kind of start wearing out the same. But you'll know that there's an actual problem and you may want to get a wheel alignment, which is a very affordable way to save yourself a lot of bucks, especially by having to replace tires often okay and tires oh, nowadays are not as expensive as they were in my opinion i think tires were actually more expensive back in the day but uh, i'm talking about regular average nothing ordinary not high performance tires uh, but at the same time uh, they don't go as far uh, i remember when tires used to go 60,000 80,000 miles now, most tires will probably give you like a 30,000 mile rating. So, tires are not as good as they used to be, but they also dropped in price. So, the quality drop, but so did the price. If you go so for some crazy high-performance tires, then yeah, those are going to cost you a pretty penny. But you don't have to go that route unless you have some high-performance machine that you want to, you know, make sure that you have some amazing uh, grip on those things. All right. Also, when it comes to tires, uh, is also the air pressure, which is also a very important thing. Uh, you want to make sure that that air pressure is always where it needs to be, on average anywhere between 32 to 35 psi, and you should always check it cold because when the tire is warm or hot, you're not going to get the same pressure, and it's going to um, give you a, a wrong reading so the best time to change to check uh, the tire pressure is in the morning before you get in your car to go to work just check every tire take you five minutes to do it and you'll have some peace of mind if you need to make adjustments or put air in it make sure you put it before the tire gets too hot so if you have a little compressor at home perfect if not just drive to the nearest station and and just top it off that way um, winter driving, of course, affects a lot of things, uh, and uh, and it's important to adjust. Not so much in California, uh, in the Northeast, of course. You know, with the cold, extreme cold, um, and other parts of the country where it's very cold, um, you will lose tire pressure. Uh, I believe it's a pound a month or something like that, regardless of anything, just because of the cold itself. So it's always good to keep an eye out on it. And a lot of the times, you know, people rely a lot on the tire pressure monitoring systems in the cars. Uh, those are usually, um, they usually give you an alert when things are already kind of low. Uh, if you drop at one or two pounds, it may not tell you. It's when you drop more. But, you know, don't rely on it 100% because it's, it's like a, a, a what we call the dummy lights from back in the day when the light, oil light came on to tell you at 
low oil, guess what? You've been driving it for a while with low oil, and you're going to have some issues already that may already been may already made cause damage to your engine and, and you didn't check. So it's always good to check your oil with every, with every uh, tank. Every time you fill your tank, you should check the oil level. Of course, very rare that people do that, but, you know, at least once in a while, just check to make sure that the levels are right, okay? Let's talk about tune-ups now. Uh, tune-ups are uh, another another uh, mystery of, of skepticism. Uh, tune-ups vary a lot. So there's tune-ups and then there's tune-ups, right? Um, depending on what your mechanics, preferences, and it also depends on what your vehicle's manufacturer recommends. So depending on the intervals, there's certain things that need to be done. Okay, so your typical tune-up could include an air filter, a fuel filter, an O2 sensor, a PCV valve, spark plugs, and even your timing belt and and water pump on a lot of cars. Uh, so we'll get into these uh, real quick here. So an air filter is a pretty common thing that goes, you know, gets dirty after a while. I think every 20,000 miles, depending on the on the car. Um, if you live in really dusty areas. Uh, areas with a lot of pollen, uh, chances are your air filter is going to need to be replaced sooner than recommended. Uh, the good the good news is, you know, air filters are not that expensive to begin with, unless you get some, you know, high-end K&N. I, I personally have two K&Ns on my car um, because they're reusable and you never throw them out. You just wash them and they're also better for the engine. They allow the engine to breathe better. Therefore, you get a little bit more power and you get better fuel mileage as well. So, I personally like the K&N filters, but, you know, if you want to save money and you don't want to don't worry, want to worry about too much of that stuff, you can just get a, a, a regular air filter for, I don't know, anywhere between $10, $15, $20. you go to the oil change place and they check it for you, they'll probably tell you that it needs it and they'll probably charge you a few more bucks because of course they need to make money uh, you could do that but in most cars and i am going to say most not all in most cars and, and air filters is an easy thing to change some cars not so much so take a look if it's something you could do save yourself a few bucks if not let them deal with it um, make sure you trust them because it's not the first time i hear stories of people that went to these oil change places and they got their air filters replaced and they weren't able to put the housing properly back together and there wasn't a complete seal and then the housing was actually loose which is a major problem because now all of a sudden you got air going into your engine not through the air filter but beyond it uh, and all the dirt and all the bad stuff that the filter should be filtering all of a sudden is going into your engine because the filter is basically just sitting there and the air is going around it because the box is not properly sealed. So, I've heard some uh, nightmare stories. <coughs> Excuse me, I've heard some nightmare stories when it comes to stuff like that. So make sure you trust the people that work on your car. Make sure they know what they're doing. Just because they charge a lot doesn't mean they know what they're doing. Um, it's always good to do some research. So that's the air filter. Fuel filters... Again, they vary depending on the manufacturer. 50,000, 100,000 miles, it all depends. Um, a fuel filter is important because it does exactly that. I mean, the gasoline you put in your car, again, we're not going to talk about premium or regular. 
gasoline in general has has things it has it has debris and with time uh, the fuel filter picks all that stuff up and it gets eventually gets clogged so if you don't replace it you, you're gonna get less performance out of your car because there's less fuel pressure and worse you could have a burned out fuel pump because it keeps pushing the fuel harder than it should working extra it wears it out it, it the lifespan of it shortens out okay so fuel filters also something you need to replace o2 sensors you know most people don't want to change them unless they need to um it's something that if it goes bad it'll throw in a check engine light in your car your car will start running like crap and and you know doing all kinds of weird things no power nothing and you need to get a an o2 sensor replaced i i mean if it gets done in the tune-up great a lot of the cars have as many as four or more o2 sensors and they could get a little expensive if you're trying to replace all of them on a tune-up. So most mechanics will tell you, eh, just replace it if it goes bad. PCV valve, very cheap, very affordable. Positive crankcase valve, uh, also included on a tune-up. They should be changing that. That basically a valve that picks up uh, excess uh, fumes that go into your crankcase means below below your cylinders where where you're down there where your oil pan is basically when you have fumes that go down there it basically throws them up and shoots them back onto the top to get burned again um getting really technical here <laughs> um i don't want to bore you to death but uh, it's it's a really expensive part i mean really cheap part is not expensive to fix so replace it because you know it's good to be working properly and Again, sometimes if it saves you one mile per gallon, you know, if you drive your car, you know, a lot, that thing will pay for itself very quickly. Even though a mile per gallon might not seem like much, it does add up, right? Same thing goes for spark plugs. Uh, spark plug wires, which are almost an obsolete thing on, on newer cars because most of them have coils on top of the spark plugs. But when you do a tune-up, you should change your spark plugs. It's still a pretty affordable thing to do. And again, if a spark plug is a very important part because it creates the spark that lights the gas and the air. And therefore, if you have a good spark, you get a good burn. Therefore, your gasoline gets used the way it should. doesn't go out your tailpipe without being unused. And you'll use less of it, right? Simple stuff. Uh, tune-ups. Uh, the scheduled tune-ups for most cars is 100,000 miles. Again, you need you should check either your owner's manual or you could Google it based on your car. Engines are different. You know, you might have a Toyota that does one and then another Toyota does another. So it varies a lot by the engine itself and the year of the car. Um, all right, so let's talk about a timing belt. This is a very, very important thing that you need to do in your car. Most timing belts, give or take 100,000 miles, need to be replaced. Some cars have a timing chain, which if your engine has a timing chain, you don't have to worry about it. Practically no maintenance required. It may need an adjustment, but it's nothing that's going to destroy your engine. Timing belts, on the other hand, if you have an invasive engine, I'm not going to get technical again, but if you have an invasive engine where your timing belt breaks, guess what? You probably blow your engine because it basically controls the piston going up and down in the cylinder and the valve opening and closing at the right time. 
and your engine's going really fast, doing this thing really quick, you know, even at 1,000 RPMs, think about it, it's 1,000 rotations per minute. And if this belt breaks, a valve could be opened, the piston goes up, it crushes it, and guess what? You need to rebuild your engine, which a lot of the times is not even worth it. You might as well replace the engine with a used one or a new one, but it's not a cheap fix. You talk about thousands of dollars. So what's the way to prevent that? Change your timing belt accordingly. If your timing belt requires to be changed at 100,000 miles, do it. Um, if you buy a used car and you don't know, it could be a little tricky. Uh, most timing belt um, packages when you buy, uh, most actually, depending on the engine, if they come with a water pump, you get a water pump, you get pulleys, you have the timing belt, it's all one thing and, it, and the mechanic will replace all of it because the water pump sometimes sits on top of the uh, of the pulley for the timing belt. So if you pull one thing out, why not replace it? Um, the thing with that is when the mechanics actually do the work, uh, most kits come with a sticker. And they usually write the date or the mileage or both. And they put the sticker somewhere down the under the hood when they do it. Uh, a lot of the old-fashioned mechanics, they didn't really care about those stickers, so they would just get a, a piece of chalk somewhere and will either write it on the timing belt cover or someone in that area say, hey, so-and-so miles, so-and-so date. So if you buy a used car and you're unsure if that timing belt was serviced, if your car's got 100,000 miles, you need to look for those things. If you're unsure, you need to find out if that engine is one of the ones that will get damaged. And if it is... Sometimes, you know, we got to take a hit and have peace of mind, right? Same thing with other type of fluid, like uh, transmission fluids and things of that nature. Transmission fluids have to be changed a certain amount of miles. Um, and there's two different ways to change transmission fluids. You could either do the old-fashioned drop, drop the pan and take the filter out. Or in certain, you know, if you have transmission as a dipstick, they have those machines that they put a, a, a tube in there and it basically cleans the and replaces the oil the engine transmission fluid uh i'm sorry the transmission not the engine transmission the transmission fluid gets replaced with the machine but it doesn't change the filter so the drop pan is the proper way to do it to be done the better way but it's also more more expensive because it has more labor right so these are all the shits you need to make if you buy a car that's used and you don't know if all this stuff is done you know, it's, it's worth the investment to get it done and you'll know exactly when it was done and you can start your own intervals moving forward, right? Especially if you're buying a car that you want it to last a few years. So this is just another way to save you money because in the end, um, a well-maintained and proper cared car is actually going to save you money on fuel. It's going to save you money um on everything, no parts given out, less less wear and tear, all that good stuff, right? Um, transmission fluid is just as important as engine oil. If you don't change it often, your transmission goes bad and you have thousands and thousands of dollars to repair, right? So that's uh, kind of a wrap. I mean, I, I could go in more details with a lot more things, but this is basically the, the more common uh, items that you should care in your vehicle that you should uh, look for again to recap put the gas that your car requires don't need to put more expensive gas 
if your car doesn't require it because it's a waste of money. Change your oil and change it often. Keep an eye on your tire rotations. And basically, scheduled maintenance is um, should be followed. It really should, either by your owner's manual or just Google it. Research your particular car and see what, what other maintenance it may need. I mean, it might need things that I haven't even mentioned. So it's, it's always good to keep it up because, again, it's going to save you money in the long run. So I'm about to wrap my program a little, you know, sooner than later today. Uh, I kind of covered a lot. You're probably bored out of your mind. I hope you took some notes. I hope you picked up some of the stuff that we mentioned. Um, you know, maybe something that you didn't know, maybe about the gas or the oil or whatnot. But it, these are just hints that you could save money, especially nowadays, you know, Things are expensive, so we're always looking to save a few bucks. Um, I think another thing I'm going to talk about is when it comes to fuel economy, also, uh, it's very simple. Um, you know, a difference between 55 miles an hour and, and 65 miles an hour and 75 miles an hour, the consumption rate increases a lot on fuel. So if you want to save fuel, I mean, I guess nobody wants to hear that, but if you want to save gas, if you slow down, it'll save you more gas for two reasons. No one, your engine's not running as hard. And number two, you're not pushing as much wind, which therefore you won't have to run your engine as hard to, to achieve that speed, right? So if you go slower, less resistance, less fuel. So you're going to save money on, on fuel. So, I mean, it's all relative. Um, if you want to save a few bucks and somebody's life, <laughs> I must say that obviously if you slow down, you have bad odds of surviving a crash. So it's all relative. But um, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm sure you're a grown-up and you could just figure it out on your own. This is just some advice. And, um, and that's it. I rest my case. I hope you enjoyed my program. And I hope to be back by next week with some other subject to talk about. But uh, I hope everybody has a safe holiday. And I know a lot of Americans are traveling. And um, enjoy your Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, everybody.